Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast is the football podcast, and we're a man down. We're playing playing with one less man, which is bad for football teams. Is it bad for the podcast? Listen or watch to find out. Find out who's missing, and maybe even find out why. We've got live on the on the ground boots on the ground football reporting. So there's that. And uh, everything that you could possibly want from a football podcast about three specific teams. Um, before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop. And if you've got a football fan in your life, send them this podcast and they might thank you for it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. That sound, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound that we all long to hear every week. The sound that notifies you that you're about to get some high-quality football chatter in your ear holes and in your eye holes, not yet in your nose holes or your mouth holes. Because YouTube hasn't got to that particular stage yet, but it's probably in the works and will be coming in few in, in a few years' time. Let's let's be honest. Technology is getting that good. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. It's the football podcast. Um, I'm uh, I'm not alone, as uh, as has been stated before. If I was here just rambling to myself, uh, I probably would have been carted away a lot a lot sooner. Than, than now, but I'm not alone. I am joined by the uh, the, the innovator, the creator, the uh, the father of the uh, Cookie Cast podcast network, as it were, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you this week, sir? I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Just it's it's fantastic being here. It's fantastic being a part of it. Um, I don't really know what else to say. It's just it's a, it's a I mean, pleasure, a joy, and a pleasure for me. I, to I don't there's anything else more to say there. You've you've summed it up perfectly. Um, we are normally a podcast of four. However, we are only a podcast of three this week. In, he's unable to join us again, Mister Mister Matthew Moore. Sadly, has fallen by the wayside. But he has made some predictions, which we'll get to later on. But from the East Riding perspective, we are joined. I hold's finest, Mr. Stuart Woodman. See, how are you, sir? Ah, well, we'll get to that, shall we? <laughs> no spoilers we'll for later on. Uh, we will indeed get to that uh, as our last roundup from week 14. But we do start week 14's roundup. Oh, actually, before I dive in, obviously, at last time of recording, Middlesbrough's management, uh, managerial situation had been done and dusted. Nottingham Forest, for some for, for some un, un, inexplicable reason, had not signed anyone or made changes to their staff. Um, but the whole city managerial position was still up for debate and up for grabs. I believe, as of last evening, or yesterday evening is probably the better England to use there, uh, that situation may have changed, Mr Woodmansey, is that correct? Not officially, but it's, it's all but now. Um... So, yeah, we mentioned on the podcast last week that uh, former player Liam Rosinia 
was linked to the job, who'd uh, had a stint in uh, caretaker charge of everybody's favourite, Derby County. Um, but yeah, he was in attendance uh, for the Hull Borough game, sat pictured with the owner. So as we know from previous negotiations, that clearly means that he won't be signing anything and we'll just have to start looking again next week. Uh, but no, it, in, in all seriousness, it, it does look like it's going to be Liam Rossinia. I, I kind of said what I had to say last week on that one. Um, suck it and see, for want of a better expression. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't think it could be it could be that bad. Obviously, he's got connections in the game. Obviously, he's uh, he's he must be a well thought of coach. Obviously, if Mister if Mister Rooney was taking him with him wherever he was going and whatnot, but yeah, I mean. Everyone's got to start somewhere. So, well, I think it was at Derby when he was at Derby. He was coaching some of the younger setup, and when Rooney went in as manager, I think Rooney promoted him to assistant. So, um, you know, that this is the man, as in Rooney, that then managed was it one or two teams before clearing off to America. So, um, I, I personally, you can probably tell. I'm not over the moon about it, but it's very much fear of the unknown at the moment. So we'll, we'll just we'll just see what happens. I mean, he'll probably, he'll probably come in. He'll probably want his own ideas, his own staff behind him. I imagine he's got signings in mind that you potentially have looked at across the board. So I think I think that may be difficult. I know from what I've been reading on the reports, part of the reason that he'd gone up uh, yesterday not to date it, but I just have, um, was that the, the sort of the last po- points of the negotiations were regarding backroom staff. So, yeah, he's, he's clearly got that in mind. I would hope that Doss gets to stay on somewhere because I don't, don't see any problem with him there. Um, but, yeah, I, the, it, I think it's disappointing, or it feels disappointing to me because albeit yes they have been sacked from one job there seems to be at this point in time a few higher profile managerial candidates maybe floating around and they went from a guy with European experience who was all but signing on the dotted line to a guy who was just finished managing a league one side um so it's very, it very much feels like one end of the spectrum to the other. But again, I'll keep coming back to it. You know, if he if he ends up with a winning percentage of uh, games in charge by the time he's finished, nobody will give a toss. So we'll see. Exactly. Watch his face. You never know. Could be the greatest thing that ever happened to him. I'm pretty sure when Aberdeen or whoever it was, St Mirren appointed a little known, you know, manager who would come up through the sort of the Scottish lower divisions and you know he'd never had a position in before and, and look look what he went on to retrieve you know everyone's favourite Jock McTavish ladies and gentlemen I mean no obviously that was uh, you know Mr Alex Ferguson everyone has to start somewhere ladies and gentlemen so why can't this be the start of Liam Rossini getting Hull back to the big time and speaking of Hull that is where we start Week 14's predictions from last week. So we had Hull City taking on Blackburn Rovers. Uh, going into this game, Blackburn had not drawn 
all season. They have either won or lost all of their games they have played so far. Did they manage to break that streak in this game, Mr. Woodmansey? No, they didn't break it. They won. So it finished whole nil. Blackburn Rovers won. And the guy's name, pronunciation-wise, could not be more appropriate for how I feel about the whole situation. Um, but I'm not going to read it in that style. Um, it was <laughs> The match report was pretty damning from Sky. Um saying that they lacked imagination and strength of mind to land a glove on their well-organised opponents. Um, Hull had seven shots all game, and zero of them were on target. Blackburn, just the 14. (laughs) It's like, oh no. So yeah, it's pretty bad. But yeah, 1-0 to Blackburn. It finished with a goal in the 15th minute for Smodics. Smodic indeed. I believe he came from Peterborough United. So, 1-0 Blackburn Rovers. They continue their streak of no draws yet this season, which is remarkable to say we're 15 games in, 16 games in, 18 games in, well, now. Um, so, predictions-wise, Mr Cook, ever the optimist, had gone for a 1-0 Hull City win. Right, score, wrong way round. So uh, half, 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 half a point, yeah? Right, right score. I mean, we could start adding points for, like, you know, correct goals scored in match. But then we're going to start getting into we- really weird territory and stuff like that. But I'll I tell you what, <laughs> listeners, viewers, let us know. If you, want it to, if you want it thrown in there as an extra point, just let us know and uh, we'll make it happen. By, by how well that we sometimes do at the rest of it, you could genuinely get every result wrong, but with the right score and still win the week, which would be insane. Exactly. Myself, Mr. Woodmansey, and Mr. Moore had all gone for varying degrees of Blackburn Rovers wins. So one point there for all of us. I had got nil two, Stu had one three, and Matt kind of split the difference there with a one two. Um, sadly, none of us had picked Smodix as the goal scorer. So, starting the week off after the first game, myself, Stu and Matt, on one point, Mr Cook yet to get off the mark. We move to the northwest, where Preston North End were taking on Middlesbrough in Michael Carrick's first game in charge. And this could not have started any better with Tuba Akpom opening the goal scoring in the first half. Uh, sadly, Middlesbrough could not get through to half-time with the goal lead intact, as Emil Rees managed to pretty much take the net off with his uh, equaliser. I don't think I've ever seen a shot hit that hard. It was unbelievable. He like, sort of sat up nice from the edge of the box, and he absolutely, for one of a better phrase, twatted it in. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, if the keeper had got behind it, he would have either knocked him out or he'd have broken a hand or something like that, because that was travelling, boys. Um, stayed 1-1 until the 90th minute when uh, Preston got a free kick uh, on the uh, outside of the box. Uh, the ball was fed in, and uh, as has seemed to happen on far too many occasions this season, the Middlesbrough defence was found wanting, and uh, Story rose 
to uh, to nod in a last minute winner. So not a great start for uh, Mr. Carrick. Sadly, a two-one defeat in his first game as a permanent manager. Predictions wise, both Stu and Andy had gone for Middlesbrough wins. Andy one nil. Fours to score. No points there, I'm afraid. Stu had gone for 2-1 Middlesbrough with Housen. I'm on board now, Andy. Half a point, please. Didn't say long. Didn't say long. I'm starting a movement. <laughs> Telling you, if, if, if the people want it, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. <laughs> um, so, no correct, no correct points for the uh, for the score. However, Mr. Wilmancy does does get him to have a couple of points by having Akpom and Reese. To score goals. So two points there for Mr. Woodmansey. Mr. Moore and myself had both gone for 1-1 one, one draws. No points there. We had both picked Reese to be the goal scorer for Preston. Point there. Uh, Mr. Mr. Moore had gone for Watmore to score for the Borough. I had gone for Akpom to get the goal. Two points for myself. One point for Mr. Moore. Your running total... Myself and Stu on three points, Mr Moore on two, and he's still yet to get off the mark for this week. Will he get off the mark with the Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest game? Now, obviously, our Nottingham Forest contingent is conspicuous by his absence. Therefore, he cannot break down this game. Sadly, I cannot break down this game either, as I have yet to see the uh, the highlights. Have you seen any of this game, Mr Woodmansey? I've not, I, I've not seen any of it. Um, out of respect to Matt, to be fair, um, I uh, that was exactly my right, my reasoning as well. I do, I do have the list of. Uh, oh, 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 I've got the list of goal scorers. Don't, don't worry about that, sir. So, okay. sadly for Mister Moore, this one finished. Arsenal five, Nottingham Forest nil, with goals from Martinelli. Two in his first appearance of the season for Reese Nelson. Thomas Party got in on the action, as did Martin Erdegaard. Predictions wise, Mr. Cook, ever the optimist, you've got to love it. He'd gone for a 1 0 at Nottingham Forest win with Johnson to score. That's no points right there across the board. Myself, Mr. Woodmancy, and Mr. Moore, varying degrees of Arsenal wins. Stu had gone 2-0 Arsenal with Nketiah and Party to score. Two points. Mr Moore had gone 3-1 Arsenal. Jesus to get two and Martinelli to score. Two points right there. I had gone 3-0 to Arsenal. Apologies, 3-0 to the Arsenal with Jesus Martinelli and Erdegaard to score. So, three points there for Mr. Williams. I take the lead with six points so far. Mr. Woodmansey has five points so far. Mr. Moore, four points so far. Mr. Cook, sadly, yet to score. We come to our final game of the week, and it is the first of two podcast derbies unless cup games do come into effect which can happen in January we'll have to wait and see but we have Hull City taking on Middlesbrough 
Now, a member of the podcast was live in attendance for this game. Isn't that correct, Mr. Williams? Yes, it is, sir. You're absolutely correct there. It was indeed I that went to the game. Um, were you able to watch this via the medium of the Sky Red Button, sir? Uh, no, and I would like to take this opportunity just to drop in a little mention for the NFL podcast on the Cookie Cast Network. So uh, get yourself along. You might you might work out what I was doing at said point in time. So, the game. First 20 minutes or so. You could pretty much tell why these two teams are around the uh, the bottom of the table, as this was awful. Um, the game came into life around the sort of the 30 minute mark when Chuba Akpom opened the scoring, scoring against his former team. He did choose to not celebrate, which is uh, a customary these days. Um, the opening exchanges, he probably. Middlesbrough just about had the best, had the better of it. Chubrak, I mean, Samuel had the, uh, he had an effort that was just, uh, they just flashed wide of the post. Probably should have done a bit better with it, really. I ideally should have scored. Um, can't remember any, any chances of note in the first half from Hull, to be honest with you. A couple of corners, nothing major, no, no, no great saves, like no testing of the Zach Stefan in the Middlesbrough goal. So we move into the second half. When, um, uh, the first save of note of, of, of Zach Stefan was uh, a, a point blank header from Oscar Estepinia, which he just tipped over the bar, um, and you could sense that Middlesbrough had, let, had, had kind of let Hull back into the game, which was compounded when Old Boy Rule, in effect, once again, Cyrus Christie with a marauding run down the right hand side, cuts into the box as a go with his left foot, takes a huge deflection and loops up into the Middlesbrough net for the equaliser. Middlesbrough then take a, take, take a leaf out of their own book by not letting a game lie. So uh, within a couple of minutes of the equaliser going in, they go straight up the other end and manage to get themselves back in front with a Tobias Figueredo own goal, which at the time, I was utterly convinced was a Darrell Lenehan first of the season. I was incorrect. Um, goal given... On the referee's goal line technology watch, which I did not realise was not in play for all championship games, just the ones where they have the technology available, which sounds a little bit bogus to me. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I suppose if it's there, you've got to use it. Uh, and the game was made safe towards the end of the second half when uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Giles got three down the left-hand side, um, cut into the box and tried to square the ball across for, I believe, was Rodrigo Muniz, who made his way into the box. Cyrus Christie tried to cut the ball out and just diverted it past the goalkeeper for a second own goal of the evening. So, Mr. Christie getting, getting himself on the uh, on the score sheet at both ends of the, both ends of the, the, of the, of the pitch. Do you reckon uh, he realise that goal difference isn't a personal statistic? Uh, I mean, he just likes to keep things nice and, out, nice and even, doesn't he? Plus, I, I suppose it, it's, it's, only, it's only nice of him to score for both teams seems like he's played for both teams so it made perfect sense the game finishes 1-3 to Middlesbrough thoughts? I'm just same old shit um, we 
I've seen some of the post-game stuff, and the comment from Andy Dawson was about they need to they need to get on the front foot more. Well, yeah, mate, you're right. You're you're currently in charge of that shit show. So what the fuck was that? Like, I'm assuming, and, and again, based on the limited amount that I have seen, we're we're Hull presumably trying to play out from the back again. So, for the entirety of the first half, Hull had one move that seemed to be the go-to, which was the switch of play from the left to Christie on the right. If that didn't come off, they had nothing else. Yep. They, there was, and I, that's, not me, that's not me trying to be flippant. That's not me trying to say, oh, Middlesbrough, the best team you've ever seen. And so that, ah, they basically just neutralised that. Um, and if... If nothing else happened, Hull didn't have anything to get in behind. They weren't trying to like move the ball across the. Well, they were trying to move the ball across the thirds and and through the pitch, but nothing was happening if it wasn't for that that diagonal ball into Cyrus Christie on the right channel. I I just don't understand what the mentality has been for the last four games when they put like the, like four games ago they played and won. They were playing uh, they, they, when they beat Rotherham four two. He'd taken Figueiredo out of the team. Granted, he did play a little bit. I think of the, the Rotherham game, but they predominantly taken him out of the team. And this passing out from the back nonsense seemed to stop. And they've brought him back into the side for the last two games and lost. And I'm aware it's not entirely his fault. But the pace of getting the ball from the back line up through the ranks seems to dramatically slow whenever he's on the pitch. And like the other, the other thing that I couldn't get my head around when I seen the lineup uh, announced for for the Middlesbrough game, like, what's Louis Coyle done? Has he like, has he has he blocked somebody in a you know in the car park at training or something and not like moved his car? Like, it's a club captain, not. Not really for me. He's never going to be the best player on the pitch. But he puts an absolute shift in. And and again, he's, he's seemingly been missing for the last couple of games. I know he came on from the bench, but I don't I, there's, been some, there's been some really questionable choices, I think, in the, in the last two games. I must, I must admit, I think you're getting yourself into dangerous territory if you're ever saying that your captain's undroppable. I don't have any problem. With, I don't have any problem with the captain missing games, but if you're bringing him on, because obviously you've seen that something's gone wrong that you think he can fix, is that not an admission that yeah, he probably should have started the game? Because the only reason I could think that he maybe didn't start, is they're saving him for the weekend. But then that all goes out the window and you bring him on with like half an hour left to go. Mm. Or in fact, it was 40 minutes, I think. I think the, no, maybe now, well, 35. I think the change was made in about the 55th minute, from what I can remember. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, again, this might, be, this might be me just remembering the game in a very positive light because obviously Borough got the win. But at no point up, up until up until the first goal went in, 
it was pretty evenly matched and it was poor. It was a very, very poor game. A lot of misplaced passes. Um, there was a there was a bit of a downpour uh, for about a five or ten minute period in the in that first sort of opening 20, 25 minutes. I don't know if the surface maybe got a little bit slippery and like ball was skidding off and stuff like that. So it was hard for the players to get get the ball under control and things like that. But an awful lot of misplaced passes. People not hitting the first man. Um, there was a couple of tackles that were being shirked as well, to be honest with you. That, that did not go down well in the Borough. Um, Riley McGree, probably the um, the main culprit on that one, he definitely pulled out of at least a couple of challenges where you could argue that he was the favourite to win the ball. Um, and I don't know if that's just because he either didn't think he was going to make the ball or what's more likely, he's thinking... World Cup starts in two weeks. Don't really want to take a risk of getting injured here. Don't don't know if Australia are going to qualify for the World Cup, if I'm being honest. I mean, you never want to sort of think that players are going into a game thinking, don't really want to get injured, so I'm not going to put in the effort. But it definitely had that feel to it at times. Um yeah, like I said, like I said to you in a text yesterday, if, if I was a Hull fan, I'd be, I'd be concerned, um, as it felt, it felt to me that they'd gone into the game almost happy to let Borough play as the as the home side and dictate the sort of the the tempo of the play and try and play on the break and as a home side. You can only do that a couple of times a season because if you start doing that, the, the fans are going to turn on you pretty quick. It's, At home, you've got to set the tempo. Regardless of the team, you can't just... You, obviously, I get that you've got to play to certain teams' sort of weaknesses or you've got to try and ploy, or you've got to try and play on teams' weaknesses, but you can't really allow a team to sort of come in and bully you on your own turf. It's 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 one of them. You're going you're gonna to come up against teams that are going to play you off the pack though whether it's home or away but this particular this particular situation that Hull find themselves in at the moment is, is starting to just turn the corner towards baptism of fire for the new owner because he very much came into a huge fanfare all fine with that obviously like uh, the issues with the previous regime are well documented on historical episodes of this here podcast um, but it was very much like, oh, look at me, I've got all this money, here I come. Oh, by the way, yeah, my mate's now the boss. Cool. And because I played champ manager and I like football in Turkey, I'm going to bring all these players who've once been to Turkey on holiday. And it it's not worked. Like, there's got to come a point very soon where, I, I'm, you know, maybe something that rhymes with Manuary Bansfair Indo, um, where he needs to put this right because if he doesn't, and it's going to cost him because of his, his mistakes in the past, but if he doesn't put it right, he's effectively spent all that money on a team that are going to be flirting with League One again. That it's yes, there are three points above the relegation zone at the moment, but when there's still half a season to go, um, three points is 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 not not comfortable. But then the, the entire league as well is is still pretty tight on the basis of there's there's nine points separating something like sixth and twentieth. Yeah. So 
as it as it stands, Middlesbrough are only eight points off the playoffs. Obviously, there's a round of games. Obviously, as you said earlier, not to date the podcast and give away the uh, you know show you how the sausage is made, so to speak. But we are recording this as some fixtures are taking place in the Championship this evening. So, as it stands, Middlesbrough are only eight points off the playoffs. I mean, listen, it's the Championship. It's been the most topsy-turvy, up-down league for at least the last 10 years, if not longer. So anything can happen. All you need to do is, basically, if you can go on a run of five or six games without losing, you put yourself right in contention. Um, And I think... Obviously, it's a season like no other in the fact that you've got the big the big gap in the middle for the World Cup. A lot of teams are not going to lose that many players from a championship perspective. So you're going to have at least four weeks to work on like getting players drilled, work on shape, formation, tactics, all sorts of things. So you're going to see a lot of teams probably playing two or three different methods in the next set of games and stuff like that. People are going to be willing to try things out between now and the and the break. I mean, there's only three games left, I think, between now and the break. There's this weekend's fixtures that obviously we're going to discuss in a couple of minutes. Um, the midweek games and then the following weekend on the 12th of November is the last set of fixtures before the World Cup is due to start. So... Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if you see a couple of teams thinking, right, let's try three at the back or let's drop the three at the back and give two a go and like, you know, go back to a flat back ball. But long way to go. That's all I'll say. My only hope not, with it not time to panic what? just yet, Mr. Woodmansey. Well, my only my only hope with the, the managerial situation is that it seems to be getting resolved at least one way or another. And that period of time is is spent well because at the moment, we could train for four weeks solid and without the direction there, <laughs> um, it wouldn't necessarily be a benefit. Whereas, like, we still, obviously, some of the players may, may disappear. I couldn't even put a figure on it, actually, because I haven't really looked into it. But the bulk, like, like Paul said, particularly for the championship sides, the bulk of the, the playing staff will still be in the building. You're not telling me that because they've got that break that actually some of them some of them will definitely get time off. Um but I don't know if it was me I'd be thinking about doing the old uh, perfect time for the warm warm weather training camp up, I think. Well, I know that Borough have arranged a pre-season not pre-season. Borough have arranged a, a a friendly against Hibernian for pretty much slap bang in the middle from what I can remember. So wouldn't surprise me if Hull had sorted, sorted out a couple of fi- a couple of fixtures against teams to keep themselves sharp and that. But I, I would not be surprised if you see a lot of people like go and do these warm weather trainings to be honest with you to sort of keep the muscles like up to speed. Sort of yeah. speed. The only problem with what you just said is that you said that it's to keep themselves sharp. They have to get sharp in the beginning. Well, yes, that's also true. So, just to tie up week 14 with a nice little neat bow, we had varying different sets of predictions. Stu had gone for a 1-0 hull win with Estepinian to score the goal. Sadly, no points there. Myself, 
Matt and Andy all wanted podcast harmony and had gone for varying different draws. Matt and Andy both with a 1-1 draw. Estupinian and Crooks for Matt, no points there. Longman for Andy. And Akpom, he's done it ladies and gentlemen, he's off the mark. He's got himself a point for the week. Um, I had gone for a 2-2 draw. <coughs> Tufan, who was pretty inconspicuous, to be honest with you, he was very absent from uh, from what I saw. And he got to off, didn't he? Say again? He got taken off, didn't he? He certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. We'll need to do a bit more than that, Sam. To get one over on the borough. Um, yes, two final opinions to score for me. And what more and Mooney to score for the borough. Sadly, no points there. So, finishing out the week. Andy managed to get himself a point with the last game. One point there. Mr Moore, four points for the week. Mr Woodbancy, five points for the week. I do take the win, if we're calling it that, with six points for the week. As previously discussed, we have six games. Bump a week in week 15. Six games to predict. Two of which are replacement games that should have been played earlier in the season, but were cancelled due to uh, the passing of Her Majesty the Queen, I believe. Correct. Um, So we'll go through those. But before we dive into next week's predictions, we are just going to take a small commercial break. Charge your glasses. We'll be right back. This is Cookie Cast. This is Cookie Cast. Thanks for listening. Bum, bum, bum. Now, check out all the other amazing podcasts on the Cookie Cast network. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Now, back to the amazing episode. Recording in progress. I hope you're all refreshed, replenished and ready for six sets of predictions. That's not even six, is it? It's six times four. I can't do that maths that quick. 24? 24? It's 24! 24 predictions coming your way. We start the week with Premier League action. Nottingham Forest taking on Brentford. As discussed, the podcast's resident Nottingham Forest fan is not here. But his predictions are. So I will give his last, as is customary with the way we do things over here. I'll dive in with my prediction first, which is a 2-2 draw. I've gone for Gibbs White, because let's be honest, we say it every week, he has to score at some point. I've also gone for Surridge to score. Just, if it's not working, why not try something different up top? So, Gibbs White and Surridge to score for Forest. I did have Ivan Tony to score for Forest until it was pointed out to us very correctly that Mr. Tony was a naughty, naughty boy, got himself booked and is suspended for this game, so will not play. So, I changed my Tony pick to Wissa and Mbuemo. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Woodmancy, what have you got for this? Uh, well, when you said you picked Gibbs White to score, I was annoyed because I also have picked Gibbs White to score. And that is the only goal I have predicted. 
Interesting. One nil home win. Newts. Hyphen. White. Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? I have a 1 1 draw. I see that everlasting faith in Nottingham Forest is uh, starting to wane. Eh? A little. How, I've just realised how have we got past one of our teams getting tanked and Paul not pulling out a 0 0 prediction for the next game? Surely that's like in the rule book by now. Got six games here, Stu. <laughs> just, 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 just temper down that expectation, my friend. You just let's see what comes across. Your goal scorers, please. Ever hopeful that Johnson will score. And I went on to the Brentford page, the, the website, some might say. And I found a name that I haven't seen in quite some time, but in this book, it's been seen quite frequently. So I have picked KLP Ooh. to score. I saw his name. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. An opportunity to pick Lewis Potter to score once more. Yes, please. Now, I don't know <clears throat> what is current appearances are like he's I think he's been getting minutes as a substitute ah they've been bringing him I think they've been bringing him on second half I see because I think he was starting at the uh, earlier point of the season he was actually starting here mm. but, um, yeah obviously uh, Mr Frank not not enjoying what he's seeing from old KLP that's that first game done four down 20 to go we move two Michael Carrick, sorry, I, I, I dropped a part of his I dropped a part of his name there. Super Michael Carrick's first home game in charge of Middlesbrough, and it's somewhat of a podcast derby, as it's Andrew Cook's Bristol City in town, ladies and gentlemen. Um, seems like it's his boys, unofficially. I'll let him give his prediction first. So I thought. I thought it would come up that my boys were playing your boys, so you'll be happy to hear 2-0 to the Borough. Interesting. Scorers, please. Seeing as he seems to be getting his eye back in, it's got to be Chuba. And I say every week, because any day now, he's actually going to score fours. Did start the game last night and looked okay. Ran out of steam a bit towards the end. Any day now, he's going to get a goal. And I mean, I'll be, he's, he's I'll scored be his there. first. He scored his first appearance and has not troubled the uh, has not troubled the net minders, so, uh, if if you will, since. Uh, now, obviously, as uh, as we say this, he uh, the, the the smug bastard himself is sat there just going, "Well, I didn't tell you." So. I did. I did tell you. <laughs> to be fair. I'd, I'd want to look at his combined total minutes, and if it's more than ninety, I will be shocked. So, I, I mean, I, I would argue that there's also a reason for that as well. But, <laughs> uh... I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, in keeping, in keeping with two nil predictions, it brings us to Mr. Matthew Moore's prediction. He has also gone for two nil to Middlesbrough, and he has gone for Akpom and McGree to score. Mr. Woodmancy? 
1-0 Borough, Isaiah Jones. Isaiah Jones. Sorry, I got a bit distracted there. 1-0 uh, Jones. Um, to complete the scoring, I too have gone for 2-0 Middlesbrough. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Akpom and Fors to score the goals. Oh. Certainly picking up the vibe that I was most certainly throwing down for as I aforementioned, super Michael Carrick's borough. We move to London and the den where the Lions take on the Tigers in a battle of the jungle. Which big cat will come out on top? Sadly for Mr Woodmancy, I have gone for a 1-0 home win. Don't think Millwall lose too many games at home. I've gone for the Honey Man. I knew that was coming. To get the goal. I'll go in with Mr Moore's prediction. He is slightly more optimistic and has gone for a 1-1 draw. And it's 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 inevitable, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's the battle of the men. It's the Honey Versus the long in a man derby. Honeyman to score for, uh, for Millwall. Longman to score for Hull. Mr Cook. I looked at this game and I went, the smart money tells me to go in one direction. But every now and then, <clears throat> you've got you've to look, look that decision straight in the eyes and go, no. You've got to so sack up, man. So you one sack minute, up. One nil to Hull. Uh, I've gone with Estupinan to score. I mean, he's in. The, I know. He's, I know. He's not like Gibbs White in the fact that he has scored, but surely he's got to be due. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Stu. What's What's going to happen? Uh, I have a horrible feeling that this is going to be a very, very, very terrible game of. Shitty ping pong head tennis for most of it, um, and scrappy football. I mean, nobody's, none of the football purists are going to watch Millwall Hull, are they? Let's be fair. Wait a second. How do you know Pep Guardiola's not on the touchline today at the empty ad, thinking, "Don't really care where, don't really, don't really care where we are this weekend, lads. I'm getting myself down the den on Saturday. I want to see how, I want to see how these boys do it, or don't. Maybe the." Uh, appropriate phrasing but neither team are seemingly amazing at keeping clean sheets um, so I've gone for a 2-2 draw and that's more an optimism than anything else goal scorers uh, please so I've gone for Bradshaw and Vogelsammer I bless you um, what was that you got to no I asked for two goal scorers not you to Say one and then basically just implode. Yeah, so Bradshaw is yeah. B R A D. Oh, trust me, mate. I've been watching the wrestling for a long time. I know how Bradshaw. No, but I spell Bradshaw differently when it's wrestling. Anyway, um, it's just three letters. Anyway, um, it's Vogel Summer, so it's V O G L. Oh, no, I put it in the wrong place. Damn it. Summer. V O G E L. No, V-O-G-L. 
Vogel Summer. Yep. Almost definitely not spelled or pronounced the way it should be. No, on both of our accounts. Your goal scorers for Hull. Longman. And the Doc. Doherty. Doc Hurty. Three games down. Three games still to go. The first of our rearranged fixtures sees Blackpool take on Middlesbrough. Mr. Moore has dived, or dove, if you will, straight in with a 2-2 draw. Yates and Medine to score for Blackpool with fours and what more to get the goals for the Borough. Mr. Cook? Almost very similar to Mr. Moore there. I've gone with a 1-1 draw. Yeah. I have also gone for Yates to score for Blackpool. And um, yeah. I did have to uh, head over to the uh, Middlesbrough football website to uh, just refresh myself with who is in and who is out these days. I saw a name I haven't seen in a little while. I was like, yeah, why not? So I've gone with Hoppy. Oh, I toyed with the idea of picking that particular bird, that particular gentleman, but hasn't had a look in in the previous two games under Mr... Uh, Mr. Carrick, so I would be surprised, but you never know. Uh, Mr. Woodmansey. Also, same same result for me, 1-1. One, one. one for McGree for the Borough, if he can be asked before the World Cup, as you insinuated earlier. And uh, Medine for Blackpool. Medine. I've gone optimistic. Two out of the last three away games... Big way wins. I've gone for a similar, similar sort of score on this one. I've gone for a 1-2, 2-1, I think. Hopefully, if they can uh, keep this sort of the good run going, obviously, hopefully get a nice home win against Bristol City the weekend, keep the momentum going. Ideally, not lose any more games between now and the start of the World Cup where they get that little break. Carrick can really get them down, you know, really work on them for, like, shape, tactics, how he wants them to play. So I've gone for Yates to score for Blackpool, Muniz and Crooks to score for the Borough. Crooks seemingly back from his uh, hernia issue. Don't know if he's had surgery and has fixed it, but strangely enough, Middlesbrough, one of apparently two, only two sides to not have an away clean sheet yet in the uh, Championship this season. Interesting. The second of our rearranged fixtures takes us to Wales, where Cardiff City take on Hull City. Uh, and Mr. Woodmansey was saying, oh, why has you not picked a nil-nil? Why has you not gone for a nil-nil? Well, here's your nil-nil, Stu. Are you happy? Are you happy now? Mr. Moore has picked a one-nil Cardiff win with O'Dowder to score the goal. Mr. Cook, what have you gone for, sir? Take Matt's score and flip it. So I've got 1-0 to Hull. And the longest man there has ever been, Mr. Longman, to score. He may not have been dipped in honey, but he certainly is long. Go on, Stu. How is this one going to go down? Um, I optimistically have also agreed with Andy. In the scoreline, so it's the sort of thing that we would do where we'd spend 
two or three games where we should be getting more out of it and not. And then I reckon Cardiff haven't been that bad of late. Um, so, yeah, exactly the sort of thing we do and go and get a result. So, um, I've gone for Pelkas because he's due as well. So Another one I was kind of looking forward to seeing last night. And then he was on the bench. So, I believe um, Andy Dawson was just like, what looks to you, mate? Don't care what you want. I'm going to give what I want. Need, need to remember that he was a defender, very defensive-minded, and then quite happily got two of his defenders to score goals for you. So, you know, you're welcome. I don't know if he's like... I know his brother was certainly born there, but I don't know if Andy Dawson was born in Middlesbrough. It's like North Allen, isn't it? Yeah, oh, that's it. Sorry, not Middlesbrough. But yes, Michael Dawson was born in North Allen, so that's pretty much the borough. So, obviously, through the game... Obvious. Our last game of the week takes us into the Carabao Cup for the second or possibly even third time this season. It is the third team because it's the third round. Where Nottingham Forest take on Tottenham Hotspur. I have gone for a 1 3. I think this will be the end of Nottingham Forest's journey in the Cup. Mr. Cook has a question. Can I attempt to guess what Matt has predicted? Uh, yeah. Is it 5-0? <laughs> it is not 5-0. Okay. Just check. What, to, to Forest? No. No, it is not 5-0 to Forest or 5-0 <laughs> to Spurs. Okay. But we will come to his prediction at the end. So I've gone for 1-3. I've gone for Dennis to score for Forest. I've then gone for Mora, Heel, and Spence to score for Spurs. Uh, Mr. Woodmansey. Uh, one two. Uh, a, a one ye to score for Forest. A one ye. And Son and Hoiberg. Hodgeberg. Surely, like. If, you know, if it is a cup game, whatever, then surely Son's going to be trying to get his eye in because his season's not exactly been amazing. So. I, I mean, it's for me, it's not even a game that you play him in, surely. Don't risk him. Keep him for the league games. They've, they've got a break coming up. Don't well, sure, Mr. Cook. So. Oh. I seem to remember a little while ago. Nyon Forest going up against um, a, a, a bigger club, a bigger team, uh, a, a name I can't quite recall right now, and um, sticking one on them. So, uh, in keeping with the spirit, I've gone with a 1-0 Forest win. Lovely. you got to love it. And, and people say the spirit of the Cup's dead. I mean, they've never once said that about the League Cup because, um, you know, I don't think the spirit of the League Cup was ever alive and kicking. Although... In a year's time, or just over a year's time, it will be 20 years since Middlesbrough won that very same trophy. So, where the hell has that gone? Uh, your goal scorer. Um, I was pleased when you rolled this person out earlier, but uh, Surridge. Ah, lovely. So, Mr Moore agrees with you in that he's picked Surridge to score for Forrest. 
that's where the comparison ends, Adley. As he's, uh, he's also gone for three, uh, he's gone for three Spurs goals. Um, again, like me, he also thinks that Spence is going to score. Um, he also thinks that Mora is going to score, and he's picked, like Stu, a defensive play, a defensive midfielder to score as well with Ben Tanker. That, ladies and gentlemen, is your twenty-four picks for week fifteen. Done and dusted. Gentlemen, do you have anything further to add? No, it's been a very dire week. I did I did mean to bring something down as a very visual aid for this, this week's podcast, but unfortunately I have uh, left it upstairs. So we shall we shall maybe keep that powder dry for another week. Indeed. Well then, uh, all, all that's left to do is just to thank these two lovely gentlemen for joining me on the... Uh, Roller coaster ride that is the football world, and I'll just leave you with these immortal words that were heard long and proud in the MKM Stadium last night, and that is We've got Super Michael Carrick. He knows exactly what we need. It's Dale Fry at the back, Tuba in attack, the Burrows. Going to the Premier League. Join us again next week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. <laughs> so there you go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. Sorry that Matt wasn't able to attend. He had prior engagements. Uh, but you know, we can still we can still just about do it with the with three of us rather than four of us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our new segments in the middle. Look out for those coming thick and fast in the future. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop. And uh, yeah, share the podcast around. You can also check out the website. It's thecookiecast.com. Over there we've got social media links and an email button for you to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.